Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I am super excited today because I have a wonderful friend, uh, Amy Englehart, and her sidekick, Alex Stein. And uh, <laughs> I, if I were to actually read you her credits, it would all of them, it would take about 30 minutes and we would be done. So I will just let you know that she um, is a fe- solo female voice writer, arranger for the eclectic Grammy-nominated vocal, Band Without Instruments, The Bobs. Um, and she has also wrote her own rock musical, or co-wrote, um, Bastard Jones, which was sold out on Offway Broadway. She is also a member. Was that a made-up story? Offway Broadway. Off? Is that off? Is that further oh, than off Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> That's the street. It's over way from, off Broadway. Is what I meant to say. Not way, way <laughs> off. Oh, let's it's, just call it Broadway. It's it's New Jersey. <laughs> it's so off Broadway. Okay. Anyway, conveniently uh, enough, exactly. And she's a member of SAG after the dramist. Dramatist Guild, I barely speak English, ASCAP, <laughs> and the only honorary female member of the Vienna Boys Choir. That's true. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't uh, put it in there if it wasn't true. I believe you. I Welcome, Amy. <laughs> and <laughs> Thank side, you, Bob. And sidekick Alex. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he said that so professionally. So I'm, I'm excited to have you here because people love to hear um, about people in relationship and dealing with money and career. And you have all of those things. So they tell me. So they tell you. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'll start off with a, um, a simple question. Do you remember specifically something that your mom or dad told you about money when you were a kid? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm just going to say no because, uh, my dad wasn't involved, and my mother okay. was crazy. Oh, okay. So uh, I I used my uh, my mother and my upbringing as all the examples of what not to of, do. Okay, so that's so you observed and said, "Don't live it yes. this way." Yes. Okay, and that makes sense. <laughs> and that's yeah. No, I, to- I totally makes sense. And yet, I went into the arts. And then you went into the arts. <laughs> Well, so I won't even ask then, it, did your mom support you going into the arts? My entire family supported me, actually. Oh, that's and, cool. and that that is the huge gift that I was given okay. um, in life by my family. Uh, there's many, many artists, as you know, their parents like, I'm not paying for that. I'm not. You know. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, no, but uh, well. First, they didn't have a leg to stand on, A. And two, um, it was just, this is what Amy was going to do. There was right. no question. I was a total geek, and I was the wrong side of the track scholarship kid at a prep school. But I I was second in my class, but I, there was no question mm-hmm. that it was gonna, I was going to be the chorus band, you know, chorus drama geek person who eventually studied that and did it with her life. Okay. What was your first paid gig in entertainment? First paid gig in entertainment. Yeah, that's, I mean, paid makes it not first gig because there could be like 300 gigs before you actually get well, paid. Well, yeah, because I did community theater as a oh, kid. Like, that pays well. Constantly. Well, but you it, did local it pays... commercials. Oh, that's true. No, but I would say that I wasn't like paid, paid until. 
Like <laughs> they just like would reel up the the truck with the French bread pizzas. Right, right. Well, you know, community theater doesn't pay anything, but right. um, when you're doing it in a place like New Jersey, you're doing it with people who just decided not to keep doing it in New York. So it's it's actually quite the learning experience, and that's really what you're getting paid in. Right. Um. Oh gosh, that's a great question. Oh, singing. Probably doing some kind of singing okay. because most of my income has come from singing. Okay. Um God. I wanna say And only a quarter from people telling you not to sing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> As the Marx brothers would say. That's right. I've actually been told not to come to rehearsals, but I think no. that's for a different reason. Um <laughs> You know, I can't I'm trying to think what was my first actual paid it has to have been a singing gig. It has to have been something like I sang on that was a TV commercial or a movie or something out of New York. Okay. But it wasn't here. All right. Well, now I'm going to ask Alex if he can tell me a quirky financial habit that you have. Oh, God. That he's aware of <laughs> that's different from his. Uh, <laughs> I can think of a quirky. couple. Quirky. <laughs> uh. I don't know if they're quirky, but... Well, they don't have to be quirky. I just... um uh. I don't know. I I want to I want to say something that will not get me hit. Oh, well, um, we well can, you're the sidekick, so you get you get kicked. Get kicked. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I will say that um, there have been times. <laughs> so this is how to be very diplomatic in a relationship. I love that on the spot. Go ahead. <laughs> there have been times where, let's say, Amy has had um, several thousand dollars mm-hmm. in her savings account. And a credit card debt that is equal the same amount. And she would rather <laughs> have that in her savings account than pay off the credit card. Because she likes the, to pay the interest. Uh, well, that's what I always say. But but she says, because I, I like the idea that if I, if I need it, suddenly I can get it. Which is true. However, I do also move credit card debt over to um, new credit non-interest, card debt? Oh. <laughs> non-interest bearing, you know, like I always do the balance transfer thing. Right. So I actually, all of my credit card debt, which isn't a lot at this point, is on a zero interest thing. So it doesn't matter. Okay. So let me ask you a question because I have a lot of clients that do this. They move from zero balance to zero balance to zero balance. Right. It feels like a lot of work. No. No? No. I, but, mm, no, I because handle the pressure. No, because I've had because um, I have like seriously amazing credit and always have mm-hmm. like 805 or 810 or something like that. And um, so I get all these offers and I right. get great rates, even though today great rates suck. Um, right. Half a percent is a great rate. Exactly. And there's no savings um, rates that that are good. But um, but yeah, uh, I actually have managed to to. I only do it about once a year. Okay. And I'm always looking for those offers on the cards that I do have. And, and of course it's much easier now where you can just go online, log in and say, and it's a, you click on my offers or something like that. Okay. And what is, um, is there something that you, when you get a, when you get a paycheck, do you take 20% it goes in the savings account? Do you, (laughs) do you have any, uh, formal plan? I'm having a work paycheck. (laughs) Okay. No. So, no. so there's, if there's money there, there's money there. Yeah. So there's, okay. So you haven't sat down with the financial advisors at uh, uh, no. Merrill Lynch or Ameriprise and worked out retirement and... What's that? <laughs> work until you... 
no uh <laughs> no uh i mean you know i don't i don't if we're on a we're on a, a podcast to ask about that i don't see the point of trying to make shit up um no i mean this is what artists do yeah um it's very it's like feast or famine and right. um things happen and uh you just roll with the punches and um you know in some cases i know i think alec and i uh got very lucky in our in our real estate investment and um hoping that the <laughs> market holds for another 20 25 years there you go. um it but it did it's gone nothing but up but cool. but no there's there is no such thing and mm-hmm. um for a lot of artists, that's true, um, and it's it, you have to you have to be okay with that. Yeah, is the thing you have to you have to know that in your life, you know, other things bring you more satisfaction. We live very frugally, and I can't imagine that if suddenly we did walk into a pile of money that we would actually live any other way. Right, because we might take a vacation. We would take a vacation. Oh, that would be cool. Those are fun. I do them yeah. every nine years. There so, you go. Yeah. Whether you need it or not. Whether I need it or not, I'm taking it. <laughs> like baths. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> but it's about you, the same ratio. But yeah, stuff comes in, stuff goes out. I, you know, that's a, there's no plan. Do you, um, you know, you were talking about artists, like know that if you're really an artist, you know, it's going to be up and down and that you're getting um, paid in experience and you're getting uh, yes, so, you're getting paid in life, right? And changing other people's lives, and in doing what you love for your life, which and, is important. And do you? And in that belief system, is there anything about like I know some people believe you have to be a starving artist. Um, you don't believe that, no. But do you have any? It's just for you. It's more an acceptance of this is the life I've chosen. Yep. So it's not like oh, I believe this and I believe that. It's just I'm going to live my life. I'm going to have. Yeah, do it. I mean, and quite honestly, um, the bigger, either bigger visibility or bigger money gigs Mm -hmm. are not necessarily the most rewarding. Right. Um, I do work with, I have worked with a lot of celebs and, you know, I meet them and and that's okay. Um, You know, some of them are really nice. And most of the, most of them are okay. Some of them are really nice. Uh, there's a lot of assholes. I actually... Give us a couple of names of ass. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, just like to shout them out if there's somebody that uh, you're no, no longer talking know, to. They know who they are. They know who they are. Um, and they, they don't know, know who I am, done, but right? they know so, who they are. If you think yeah. it's you, whoever's listening, it's you. Yeah. It's yeah. You. Okay. But yeah. Um, no, you know, that's not... And you get to a point in life, I know uh, I did, where I won't, I won't do something... I won't take a gig if it's if I'm not going to learn anything from mm-hmm. it, or it, there. You know, they always say there's like three sides of the triangle. Is mm-hmm. it does it pay well? Will it do something for your career? Will you have a good time? And you almost never get all three. Ah, so um, I'm perfectly happy learning something new, mm-hmm. or and always want to work with people who are um, better artistically than I am. How is it going back and forth between LA and New York? It's awesome. Really? Yes. Like and but you go there for like links like periods of time, gaps of time. I do. Last year I was there something like 140 days. 
Wow. Because the, the show was 10 weeks. Okay. And um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I, I am from New Jersey and New York, and I love New York. And it's where um, a lot of my writing work, which is my focus now, is taking place. Mm-hmm. And my ideal life would be that I got on the one train and got off at Olympic in Barrington uh, so that I could go home and sleep in my happy home with my sidekick and our two cats. Um, and it would be nice and cool. It would be hum- would not be humid. And I could just, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I am the queen of tre- cheap travel. I always have been. And uh, I feel completely fortunate to be able to do it. That is cool. Really fortunate and couldn't do it without the help of friends. Did, when, you, when did you first realize that the artistic life would not, maybe bring in millions and millions of dollars. Oh, I just, I knew going in. You knew it, you knew it early. Yeah. And what, so, and people, <laughs> and your family said, I go for it, it next week. You knew it next week. <laughs> I knew so, it next week. Yeah. So your family was all good with it, but like, and was there, there was no doubt for you. You're like, I don't care. No. Like, and what gave you that confidence or was it, um, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, some people like me would be constantly worried about, well, how am I going to pay the rent? And that doesn't mean I'm not worried about it. Okay. It just means that I have faith. And certainly after having done this for 30 years, um, by which I mean 20 years. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Uh, We are in Los Angeles. Um, I have faith that it'll happen because something always does. Mm -hmm. And um, I do. I wish that, you know, eventually things would get easier and you wouldn't have to keep pushing a rock up a hill. Um, Sure. But I wish that for all my friends. Right. You know, because um, in the entertainment business, talent and dedication and hard work are not a guarantee of success. Right. That's just the way it is. It's factors beyond your control. It's so true. I think, you know, having done comedy, you're only as good as your last gig. Right. Right. And you could be in front of a thousand people or 2,500 people. And, uh, What's happening today? <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and the thing is, I also very strongly feel, even though, you know, some gigs I won't learn on anything on, that mm-hmm. music is music no matter where you're making it. And I, I always use this example that um, the Bobs um, had a gig at, at the uh, tree lighting at Lincoln Center one year. And it was really cool. And I came home and someone called me. It was obviously... Christmas season and someone called me the next day. I was, you know, I flew home after that. I can't, it was a series of things. I flew home and someone called me and said, can you please sub for me at the Valencia mall? I'm supposed to carol today, you know, do Christmas caroling at a, at a fucking mall. And I said, yes. And was it fun? I'm not going to answer that question, but I am going to tell you that you did it. That I did it because yeah. it was like I was literally at Lincoln Center one day <laughs> and in the fucking Valencia Mall the next day because it's a very trendy mall. It, yeah, right. Well, and, the other <laughs> and thing all these literati. You never were know there. like who is going to see you and what it's going to mean to them. Right. Um, I I used to uh, not to make this all about me, but let's make this all about me for a second. Um, it's L.A., of course. Yeah. I, <laughs> I used to produce this. um weekly storytelling show which i'm which now has come back but it's it's not a weekly show and uh uh taylor negron the late taylor negron mm-hmm. who's just amazing, amazing and yep. wonderful did the show one week and he um 
he and Logan Haftel, uh, who's a musician, did this piece that was heartbreaking and beautiful and poetic and just the most wonderful thing that I had ever seen in mm-hmm. that venue. And there were maybe 10 people who saw it. And I came up to him afterwards and I, and I was apologetic and I said, I'm sorry there weren't more people here. This was this was so amazing and so beautiful and I wish that, you know, I wish that a thousand people had been able to see that. And he just looked at me in, in that way that he had and he said, the right people were here. The people who needed to see it saw it. Wow. And, you know, you, you, don't, you don't know that as, mm-hmm. as an artist. No, uh, you never do. Right. And, I mean, you know, the, when I was in the Bobs, we, the Bobs was kind of a, um, the NPR version of, of acapella and long before the sing-off and all the uh, cover tune Right. Bands came. It was like ninety percent original. And my first album with the Bobs was called Coaster, and it came out in two thousand. And um, the Bobs was a cult following thing. There's, you know, one in <laughs> seventy people will know who they are. They're they retired last year. I left in twenty eleven, and um, you just never know what kind of effect you're having on people and how much difference you can make in their lives, mm-hmm. no matter how small you think your contribution may have been. And the first album that I did with them, I wrote a few tunes on. And um, after 9-11 happened, about a year after it, we got this email from someone who said, I played your CD coaster nonstop the year after 9-11. My brother was uh, worked at Cantor Fitzgerald. It kept me sane. I probably drove everyone around me crazy singing Fluffy's Master Plan for World Domination, which I wrote, which is about cats taking over the world, which is, of course, yeah, it's a a news piece. It's not fiction. (laughs) And um, how can you measure that? Right. You know, it's like knowing that I made someone's life just a little bit bearable after they... They went through that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that is amazing. That's pretty, you know, and and I'm sure there's other people, you know, who who I've possibly affected in that way or if yeah. not entirely corrupted and um that's pretty neat. Yeah. That's cool. Now, how is it working? So you recently brought back or co-wrote a new one, the he said she sang. Mhm. A show. A two-person show, yes, um, with a, your a me and sidekick show, me and sidekick, or a sidekick and me show. I prefer to think of it as sidekick and I, <laughs> sidekick and I. That's more appropriate. And um, so, how was that working together when you when you collaborate? Is that super easy and it just flows and there's no conflict? Um, have you done a lot of collaborations? Well, actually, no, we haven't, and that's why we did it. Was I've been performing for my entire life. Alex has been a really successful um, story, moth-winning storyteller, award-winning <laughs> storyteller. And we realized that we've never done anything together except when someone would say, oh, can you be the musician for this evening? And Alex is telling a story. And so we thought, well, why don't we do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, we could also combine audiences. And there, I'm sure there's friends of his from the storytelling community who would appreciate what I do since I'm a story-oriented musician. And there's a, I know there are friends in music and theater from my end who would appreciate what Alex does. So we just, we just thought, hey, let's do it. And then we wanted to come up with a format that would make sure that we each got to showcase what we did. And then we 
don't really plan what exactly we're going to say. Right. So, and then we just did it and it was really lovely. And it usually is a nice blend of our, the, the friends who we have in common anyway, yeah. and people who don't know either of us. And, and we found when we were putting it together, uh, that there was uh, a certain amount of commonality between some of my stories and some of Amy's songs. So it was, it was easy to relatively easy to, um, put together an evening that without, you know, hitting someone over the head with the theme had a sort of under underlying themes that would like make themselves clear as the night went on. And it also helps that like we have immense appreciation and respect for each other's creations. And That's so cool. we, yeah. we were like, I'm happy to yield time to Alex. Right. It's not like, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no. I'm like, you open. You're the one to, you know, right. you yeah, hit we, him on the, you know. We, we weren't there with the stopwatch going, new. you had an extra 15 <laughs> seconds and <laughs> I need to get I'm it back sh- at the end of the night. Yeah. I'm sure that there are some couples that would actually uh, clock that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oy. And did you, so like, did you... Um, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did you like have a formal budget, or did you say we're going to spend five thousand dollars on this production? We didn't or, spend anything. On you it. didn't spend anything. No, I designed the graphic that okay. we made. Um, well, maybe no, maybe I no, designed you to rent ten the bucks on a fa- we, Facebook. We rented ad. the theater, and we that's we true. We knew, paid for the space. We knew how much that would be, mm-hmm. and we were able to recoup all of those costs right. with um, with ticket sales and uh, and merch sales. Um, and we were we were fairly we were fairly uh, confident that we would at least be able to break even. Yeah, and okay. that, that's usually, sadly, the goal. And, um, okay. Um, well, you know, I mean, I that's, but that's a good goal because some people sure. would say, yeah. "I don't even care if I go negative." Um, mm. But at least break even is break even. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were talking to a, a friend of mine the other night uh, about the Los Angeles, uh, the Hollywood Fringe Festival, and she was saying that she had she had spent. I think it was three or four thousand dollars putting putting a show up at the fringe, um, and you know y- you get some money back from ticket sales, but she was she was in the hole for a couple of grand right doing that. That's so. completely common because in a, in a lot of festivals, it's they're not they're giving you a platform. That's right. it, so that you can attach that name, Hollywood Fringe Festival or New York Musical Theater Festival or whatever, to your four-walling, as it's called, the show, which means you're building all four walls. You are literally producing it from the ground up. So that's what you get out of it is exposure. You get the chance to um, possibly have new audiences because you'll be in a booklet, you know, with all these other people. And um, It's always good to be in a booklet. It's nice to be pamphletized. And um, you might win a prize, you know, for your work and be recognized for the uh for the excellence of it and it's good to get it under your belt um but but uh most most places these days are pay to play right and, especially um, in los angeles los yeah. angeles seems too. to be the home of uh you know you should be doing this for free because people will see you yeah right um and, and so many artists they they you know they they tell me all the time well i have to go out of town in order to make money i right. make most of my money out of town well it's it's interesting because yes, I would agree that uh, in LA, especially, everybody expects you to do everything for free because um, you're going to get seen. But I, I was talking <laughs> with the, I was, I w- um, actually was driving down to La Jolla Comedy Store 
um, last night to do a set because I hadn't been up in a bit and actually it went well. I was a little nervous. Um, but uh, we were talking about audiences in L.A. and how they're just not the same as other places. And they said, you know, somebody had recapped it as this, that audiences in L.A. would rather actually be performing than watching like so I, and I was like, that's so true. Yeah. Most people yeah. in the audience the are phones. like, oh, 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 let me. Yeah. Especially in the stand-up world there. I, oh, yeah. I, I kind of can't go to most stand-up shows these days because, um, you know, the audiences are just so horrible. And it's mostly other comics who, who are just like, yeah, you're not funny. I'm funnier than you are. Right. And that's horrible. Right. <laughs> it, can be, it can be rough. Well, that, I, it's yeah. like open mic nights are, are that too, you know? It's yeah. like I won't go to them. Just, I mean, even if I wanted to try out new material, no, I'd actually rather do it in a high-pressure situation because right. <laughs> because at least I'll get, a, I'll a, get real, a, a real, exactly, a real reaction. Real take, yeah. You know? It's like now, it's, they're just looking at their fucking uh, phones and all that, you know? Yeah, that's painful. I, if you can get them out of their freaking houses at all. Right. <laughs> which and is then difficult. to put the phones away. Yeah, no, we, I watched an hour of open mic last night and I'm sorry. It's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it's harsh and you want them to succeed. Like I'm hoping for each one of them. And it's like, you want them to succeed because you're a good person. There are a lot of people who are comedians who are not though. <laughs> they just want to watch them die. And yeah, they're, they're right. like, I, you know, if you can succeed in a way that doesn't take any of the possible success that I have, (laughs) then it's fine. But otherwise, forget it. No, I think that's so true. That is, oh my God, that's funny. So, (laughs) well, let me ask you this. Can you tell me, um, like, do you, do you know like your bank balance right now? Yes. And how often do you check it? I don't, I know what it is all the time. You just know. (laughs) I know exactly where the accounts are and I know, and where the bodies are buried. Yeah. <laughs> do you keep separate bank accounts? Do yes. You, and do you each pay half the rent? Do you one pays the rent and somebody else pays the utilities? Like how do you uh, how do you divvy that up? It's it's varied over the years depending on if we had day jobs or who was working more often mm-hmm. or and who wasn't. But there's never been a time when either of us have, has shouldered everything. Okay. Um, but it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. So we you know we have. Um, we have a bunch of of recurring bills and utilities and things, and um, and we have a mortgage and and dues that we have to pay on our condo and and those sort of things. And we you know we sort of roughly divide it. So, yeah, and I mean there might be years where one of us is paying more, but it, years it, and years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. We we knew from the beginning, just like we knew we would each need an office when we moved in together, um, so that we could say, that's great that you want to watch the latest Brady Bunch movie, but I need to go do some work, and that had to be okay. Yeah. Um, we also knew that our styles of dealing with um, bills and whatnot uh, were different, mm-hmm. so that's why we kept separate bank accounts. I mean, obviously, my name's on his account, his name's on my account, right. you know, but... But, yeah, we just knew that, you know, he likes to wait until the last minute. Maybe I don't. You know, he <laughs> likes to pay things off. Maybe I don't. You know what I mean? So and so we didn't we didn't want that to be a mm-hmm. thing at all. And, um, you know, some things we talk about, some some things we don't. But at the end of the day, I'm not worried right. about it, you know, or if, you know, I like to keep stuff stashed away for rainy days and then they come 
<laughs> Even in Los Angeles. Even in Los rainy, Angeles. Rainy freaking days. And, um, you know, it, it, we just we just bump along and somehow yeah. things work. And it works. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's really hard when you have two freelancers. Right. But um, I... I, you know, we've each taken gigs that have bumped us through at different times, too. Um, I have a couple of side hustles that I still do because I still do. Right. Um, sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. Uh, I'd rather not be doing them. But um, it's not a referendum. It's right. just what you do to pay your bills. So so it's cool. Do you um, – this is going to be a weird question, but do you uh, wake up at a certain time every morning or do you wake up until the light wakes you up? Wait, you... you're assuming I wake up in the morning. Oh, okay. So, so whenever you wake there. up – Let's start uh, – <laughs> so when you awake – Well, you... it's different so, now with the cat. It's much different with the meow alarm clock, yes. We have oh. two cats who are um, – Insistent. Insistent. Um, but, but, and sometimes you <laughs> oh. can get back to sleep after that. And sometimes you can't, or sometimes one of us gets up. Sometimes the other doesn't, um, continue the next part of the question. <laughs> so, well, so that's, but my, so the question is, do you plan your day? Like when you go, like, you know, I'm a weirdo. I know it. Like I'm going to get up at five 30 in the morning. I'm going to do my workout. Then I'm going to run the dog. And then I'm going to like, I, like I, my whole day is like calendared out it's a little annoying even for me um no and i i i sometimes go through phases where i think oh god i should do this every day i should bubble and the only thing that is true of every day is going to be two cups of coffee and that's it and maybe a yogurt these days but no because i have no set schedule and every day is different and there could be an entire week where i don't have anything on the calendar which will be the worst to motivate myself Mm -hmm. i like it when i have commitments that force me to plan the day but it's just not the case okay well let me ask you one last question because we're about to run out of time Mm -hmm. but um do you have any ideas or tricks that you do um when it comes to money uh try not to eat out as often That will add up. Well, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at at I-A-R-E tweeting, I-R tweeting. You can find me on Instagram at Amy Englehart, uh, E-N-G-E-L-H-A-R-D-T. Every time you get to a choice, it's alphabetical. Uh, Or on amyenglehart.com. Beautiful. So, um... If you enjoyed this, please share the laughs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Money You Should Ask, Instagram, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Which actually, you totally should. You oh God, should. You should. You should, especially to hear Amy and Alex. And what are you waiting for? Get there now. Well, listen, I appreciate having you on, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll be talking to you again soon because I might be talking to your sidekick, Alex, in this next podcast. You should talk to me about a theme song. I will work on that. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Until next time, I'm Bob Wheeler. This is Money You Should Ask. 